0: Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. This is really exciting. I've never done a podcast before.
1: So your first one.
0: It's my first one. I'm really pumped.
1: Is this more awkward than making cold calls, or are cold calls more awkward than being on a podcast?
0: That's a tough one. I mean, I feel like I know you just from like LinkedIn. I actually have a full circle moment to tell you about, but. Um, I think like cold calls, like no matter how long you've been doing it, it's always like a little anxious, excited, and I feel the same way now. So I feel like it's very comparable.
1: Okay. Well, by way of context, tell people what you do.
0: Sure. So I basically work for an amazing company. I can't say anything better about them if I, but I work for a company called Pareto. They're based in the UK. Uh, came over to the U.S. about six years ago and I started here four years ago. So it was definitely... Um, You know, the start of the New York office, the start of a USA presence, but basically we're a global sales performance organization. Um, And basically we help clients in three main ways. So the first is hiring like rock star BDR talent, SDR talent at the junior level, where we'll help develop and train them to eventually become your top senior sales talent in the business. And that's the side of the business that I sit on. Um, We do it in a pretty unique way. We run like assessment days that candidates come through. So clients are really able to like engage and get to know candidates before they actually interview them, which is pretty cool. Um, The second part of our business, we do executive hiring. So it's more so of your search and selection model, anywhere from like, an account executive level higher to a VP of sales. Um, and then last but not least, we're a fully fledged sales training organization. So kind of like I mentioned earlier, um, not only will we upscale and train current teams, but we will help train and develop the people that we place into your business to make sure that you're protecting your investment. You're getting the best out of the people that you you know paid for. And we want to obviously see their success and growth throughout the business that we place them at.
1: So Sarah, I spent quite a bit of time scrolling through your TikTok videos, I think maybe like an hour or two, and you are the type of person that seems energetic, persistent, and resilient. Have you always been that way?
0: Well, first off, I'm honored that you think that. I I definitely feel like that's what I strive to be. Um, I would say I have always strived to be like that. Um, I feel like I'm very hard on myself. I have very high standards. That's why I say I strive to be like that. I don't know if I'm there yet. But I grew up very um, athletic. I played basketball, soccer, baseball with the boys, you name it, but obviously stuck to soccer. Um, my dad's English too. So not that I didn't have much of a choice, but you know, soccer is a religion over there. So kind of grew up around that culture and then ended up playing in high school and college as well. Um, so I went to Fairfield university in Connecticut at a division one school. That was like, my dream was to play division one soccer. Um, I was captain my senior year. And I think, that really all, you know, that whole background definitely molded me into the person I am today. And I think a lot of it is transferable when you're in sales, like you have to be competitive. You have goals that you need to achieve. There's targets you need to hit. There is a lot of pressure, but I feel like I do well under pressure sometimes. Like I'm definitely a procrastinator, but I'm, I do well, like last minute. I don't know if that's good for a lot of people. I think people would panic when they hear me say that, but I'm really good doing things last minute.
1: <laughs> what is it about last minute for you? Like, what, what is that? Is that like a rush that
0: you get? I think it's a rush, but it's also like, okay, I got to do this. Like, I have no choice. So like, let me just rip it. Like, I always say rip it in the office and everyone makes fun of me. All my colleagues are like, just rip it. Everyone, Sarah says, just rip it. But like, I truly mean that. Like, just take up the phone, go for it. Like, you have nothing to lose. Like, that's the kind of mentality. And like, we have to get it done now. Because like, if we don't get it done now, we're never going to do it. So, like, let's just rip it. It's, like, my, my mentality. So, Sarah,
1: if you're in school and midterms are coming up, do you wait until, like, the night before midterms and cram, or is it, like, a slow, steady burn there?
0: Oh, I'm a crammer. And I hate to say this, but, you know, like, school, like, for me, it was, like, get by, enjoy it. It's four years. You're playing soccer at a dream school. Just – just enjoy it. So I was a crammer very last minute. I think I went to the library probably a handful of maybe five times in my four years of being there, to be honest. But Hey, it shows that, you know, you don't need to be like extremely studious to be really successful, um, in a professional setting. Like everyone's different.
1: What was the hardest part about playing collegiate soccer at that level?
0: Oh my God. Um, I think the ups and downs, um, I will definitely say, like, I had a perfect high school career. Like, it was picture perfect. We went to championships, we were nationally ranked. And then I got to Fairfield, which was also a highly ranked school in the conference. And when I actually got there, it was like a completely disappointing year, my freshman year. So mentally, like living with oh my God, my class came in, we played a lot, we didn't do well. How do we get this back on track? Um, And I will say for, for those four years, it really was a mental roller coaster, and it takes a real toll on your mental health. I would say it's like making sure that you're a good student and that it was already kind of a, a bit challenging for me. I definitely had to put in the extra work. I wasn't actually smart. Like a lot of my friends were. Um, but um also balancing that with like soccer was my life and I think a lot of college athletes can attest to the feeling of like their sport is their life like I truly didn't know what I was going to do after school without soccer um so I think like having to overcome knowing it's coming to an end but also like I have to be my best now because there's no later And I also need to be a good student, but I also want to enjoy and have fun and have a social life. So I think just balancing everything um, was really hard. That was probably the hardest thing.
1: How do you deal with the lows mentally? Because there's lows mentally in sports. I was listening to Novak, the guy who won Wimbledon this year, talk about this, how the the importance of the mental game. And I heard Coco talking about this as well.
0: You, yeah so how do you how do you she sort took of, some time off for, for mental health so. she did
1: and um, who was the famous gymnast Simone Biles. she took some time off as well right for the same reasons yeah so how do you deal with these lows in sports and also in sales because sales is like that as well there's sort of these ups and downs
0: yeah to be honest like being in sales made me realize that the lows are very similar to the lows that I face in college soccer. Um, I think you start questioning kind of like, is it me? Like, what am I doing wrong? You know, I used to be so good at this. I say used to be meanwhile, you know, the week before you could have had an amazing week in sales, or you could have had an amazing game that you played. And now a week later, it's like, you're in this rut, you're in this ditch and you don't know how to get out of it. And that happened to me a ton of times still does. Um, I don't think I have an answer for like how you get out of it, but I think the one thing that's been really helping for me is I have a mentor uh, right now at work, and I like literally tell him everything. I get everything off my chest. Um, he's able to relate to a lot of things that I'm saying. Growing up around sports, and then being in sales and the pressure of hitting targets and goals, um, you know, it's hard. But for me, I have found instead of bottling it all in, which is what I typically do, you know, whether it's coming home and speaking to my fiance, which bless him, he's all ears. I don't even know if he knows what's fully going on because he's an accountant. He doesn't know sales. We're very opposite people. Um, But, you know, just being able to talk about it, whether it's with coworkers that you trust that, you know, would be like worth your time speaking with or, you know, just speaking to family and friends that have been in a similar situation, it does make you feel better does make you feel validated as well, because they're always good at being able to lift your spirits and, you know, cheer you on at the end of the day. So having a really good support system has always helped me.
1: This mentor that you mentioned, does he try to solve the problem or give you advice or is he just making you feel understood? And is that the thing that's cathartic, which is like, I don't need you to solve the problem. I mean, I go through this with my wife all the time. She'll say something and I'll go into like solution mode and it becomes apparent. Yeah. Within about 20 seconds that she really doesn't want my advice. She doesn't really want me to solve (laughs) anything. She just wants me to just listen and be curious. So I'm curious about this, Mm -hmm. this mentor of yours. Um, Does he or Mm -hmm. she, are they just listening and understanding? Is it a combination of that and their perspective that's making you sort of turn the volume down in your head? I'd love to, uh, to hear your take on that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a combination of both. I think also since he's been in my shoes before, he's able to give me like realistic um, experiences and examples of like when he went through this time or when he was feeling the same way that, you know, the same way that I feel now or whenever I'm in a rut Um, when it gets close to end of quarter and you're like, Oh my God, what do I do? And you just need a little bit of guidance and support. So I think, Talking to someone who's been in your shoes before obviously helps. And he's obviously amazing at listening too, which is something we'll do first because I tend to rant probably for the first 20 minutes of those calls until he's like, okay, like I think I know what's going on. Let's try to walk through and talk through some solutions that can help you now. That way, you know, when you do come across these challenges, you'll have a little bit of a better way of, you know, understanding how to handle the problem or just kind of the feeling that you're having. So I think for me, it's definitely, a, he, he definitely gives a little bit of both, but the fact that he's been in my shoes before as a salesperson and as a previous athlete, like, I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that because, you know, they're the ones that can probably relate to what you're going through most.
1: Yeah. Like about, um, oh geez, six years ago, I really struggled with this Badly, and I started working on my mind, uh, mindfulness training, um, and some other things that we will not mention on this podcast to sort of get get in touch with your with your head. And what Mm -hmm. I learned, and I'm still learning, is this anxiety is coming from dwelling on the past, things we wish we would have done differently, or this sort of fear of I'm not going to make the quota. When we spend too much time in the past or in the future. We're anxious, mm-hmm. and what my mentor tells me is, she says, um, right now, today, as we're talking, are there any problems? Like right now, in the here and the now, like this yeah. second, like literally, like right now. And the answer is always like, well, not right now, but and she goes, not but, but like, yeah. but right now. And so this idea of like trying to ground yourself in the present moment does take like work, like soccer or working out in the gym. It does take like practice. You know, I do ten or fifteen minutes uh, a day in the morning. Have you ever gone down the mindfulness meditation path? Is that too woo woo wooey for you, Sarah? You're not into it.
0: <laughs> I have to admit, it's been a little bit wooey for me. If that's the use that we're the word that we're going to use. However, I'm never not open to trying something new. I think, like you just mentioned, like whether it's thirty minutes in the gym, like I am currently training for a marathon. So, like doing something like that is very therapeutic for me, like getting out there running like I always feel a million times better after I work out. I don't like running by any means. But I think like a sales, typical salesperson, typical uh, competitive person, I just this is a goal that I want to achieve. So I need to get there and achieve that. And I think since it's outside of work, it's not soccer. It's kind of like, just do it for you have fun with it, enjoy it. Um, however, I've tried yoga. I'm getting into it. I'm liking it a little bit more. I've noticed that it definitely depends on the instructor that you go to. Um, I've been in some of these yoga classes where it's like that heavy breathing exercises. And like, I'm that person. I'm sorry. I sit there and I'm like, I, I can't I can't do this. I, I, I'm I laughing. I'm like, I, I feel bad for everyone else in the room. If they see me, I don't mean to offend them. It's just not for me. Um, but hey, it works for a lot of people. It does. But it's just, it's just not for me.
1: You hate running, and you're doing a marathon. Why is that? Why why not go do something that you like to do? What What is it about that?
0: Yeah, I think for me, like I'm not a big numbers person, but I think it's like a crazy stat. It's like one and a half or two percent of people on the planet will complete a marathon. And I'm like, I got to do it. It's just like a one-time thing. I will do it. I can assure you it will be the first and last marathon I ever do. Um, But it's also New York City. Like, I live in New York City. I just moved there. It was never, like, out of the question for me. And I feel like everyone there, like, it's just – it's such an inspiring city. Like I've gone to the marathon almost like every year for the last five years. And like, you just walk up to see people running and it's like so emotional. Like there was one year my family friend ran and then I was so emotional. Last two years I went, knew nobody running. I'm like, why am I crying? Like, this is really pathetic. Um, it's just very like, it's a scene. Like you, you just can't like anyone that sees it. You're like, I need to be a part of this. Like, it's very inspiring. Um, so I think for me, I'm just like, I got to do it. I live here. It's the best city in the world. Like I want to be part of that. And um, I got to achieve this goal. And like, I'm really not other than sales and my targets and quotas right now. It's not like I have a really competitive division one soccer game coming up that I can, you know, do my best at. So I guess it's just like a new challenge that I want to tick off the bucket list.
1: What, what made you cry? What, what touched you so much? Uh, what, what is it about that?
0: yeah i think first of all like everyone's wearing their sponsored shirts of like the fundraiser that they're running for whether it's like childhood cancer whether it's um you know people fundraising for the one i'm fundraising for is called hole in the wall gang camp and basically it's a fundraiser to allow children with cancer to go to sleepaway camp Mm. and have a normal experience. Um, there's another, um, organization called team for kids. They've raised money for, um, you know, low-income kids in the city that can go out and play sports and like supply, um, you know, basketball, soccer, like all, all those things that you wouldn't be fortunate. You know, I've been fortunate enough to grow up with all of that in my life, you know, as simple as my mom being like, you're signed up, you're going to soccer practice. And I think when you're seeing all these people run and also there's, you know, not to mention all the people that are racing this on crutches, like on wheelchairs, like it's mind blowing. And you're just like, this is such a beautiful thing that New York City comes together and people from all over the world comes to be a part of for something special. And like, you just can't help, like it's contagious.
1: I had a similar experience. I was into doing the triathlons for a while, got up to the Ironman level, didn't quite finish, got, oh a, a, got, a, got about 98 miles into the bike when all hell broke loose. But, hey, good but what struck me was exactly what you're saying. Like you see people with these disabilities and you start to think that you, I have this overwhelming sense of like gratitude of like, yeah. I, I shouldn't be complaining about anything. I have it really good compared to so many other people. Did you sense that as well? Which is like, whenever you have that voice complaining about anything, this is harder, this is harder, this is such, like, whoa, whoa, whoa! like, I'm not being bombed in Ukraine. Um, I do have two yeah, legs, like seriously. all these things, like it does, does, does it sort of put it in perspective for you when you see that?
0: Yeah, and I think it goes back to, you know, what you were saying before, in, in terms of like, um, you know, being fortunate enough to grow up in an environment where all of these things like were at my fingertips. And like, there's people running for real reasons and real experiences that they have been through that, you know, if they can do it, and like, they can persevere through all the challenges that they've been through in their life. um, Like, and I have it so good. Like, I I got it. I don't know, It's just like a way to give back almost. I mean, that's why I love being able to run for the charity that I'm running for. Um, I just think it's amazing to be able to give kids that don't have a normal experience. I loved going to summer camp growing up. It was like my favorite thing in the summer to do partially because of all the sports that I was playing with all the boys. Like we were playing like roller hockey, soccer, basketball, you name it. Every day was a different competition. Um, But like, you know, kids with cancer, they can't just go away to, to sleepaway camp without their monitors, without their, you know, IV, like whatever they need, like this camp is able to provide to give them a really normal experience. And like if I can raise a little bit of money to go towards a really great cause like that, um, you know, I can run twenty-six miles, like I can do that to 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 raise that money, like a hundred percent. It
1: kind of keeps you grounded too. Like when even in we're gonna, you know, talk about sales, like we're gonna talk about cold calling, and everyone mm-hmm. I often hear from people, God, this is the hardest thing ever. This is like the worst thing. But does this sort of ground you a little bit when you have this perspective? And you're like, okay, yes. this isn't like, like, we're, we're, we're making calls from like a comfortable air conditioned office on a phone. Like, no, it's not like, you know, it's sort of comparison. Like, what's your take on that?
0: It's actually really funny that you mentioned air conditioning, because if any of my colleagues watch this, we complain in the office every single day that our air conditioner is broken and it blasts basically the Arctic snow and we're freezing. And this is exactly what we're talking about. Like, we complain about that every day. Like, we are pathetic. Like, there's way bigger problems in the world than our, uh, you know, Antarctica air conditioning in the office. But yes, to yeah, your point. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean like there there are so many bigger things. Yes. Exactly what you said before. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I think when you said you were like, "Oh, when you're talking to someone, whether it's in therapy or just a friend or family, and it's like, what problems do you have right now?" Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I have to make 10 cold calls. Oh god for <laughs>
1: Speaking of cold calls, how would you describe your skills and areas of interest professionally?
0: Um how would I describe my skills? Um,
1: or maybe areas of interest, things you're interested in professionally.
0: Yeah. What I'm interested in professionally is being a part of a team that has a common goal, working together, um, just because I think I've always been in that team environment based on everything else that we've kind of talked about today. So like just knowing that you're bringing value to the business, no matter what role I'm in, I want to feel like I'm adding value. Um also, like any salesperson, um, I like recognition and I like being competitive, and I want people to know that I'm working really hard, and that I'm working, you know, the best I can and the hardest that I can, in order to help not only myself but the team. Um, I think a lot of people outside of sales might hear that and be like, "Oh, that's so selfish!" Like, you know, recognition, this and that, but that is a big part of it for me. Um, because I think that's something that makes me feel validated that like I'm doing a good job and I'm bringing value to this business. And I think no matter what role I want to be in, like that's how I want to feel. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. I think I went off topic. No,
1: already, that's okay. It's all, so what about your areas of like interest with regards to like your skills? Like what do you think that you are most interested in? So some people like to close deals. Some people like to do discovery oh. calls. Like what, what are your sort of areas that you like specifically in sales
0: yeah there's just nothing better than closing a new business deal like nothing like every time that happens I'm like hell yes new logo let's see how we can build this account and now that I've been with Pareto for four years um, really three in sales because the first year I was in our recruitment team um, I mean that's all I wanted to do like the first deal I closed I was like it's it's like it's like a drug. You're like, Oh my God, I need another one. Like I need to keep closing. I need to keep closing. Like seeing the revenue come in, hitting your target. There's no better feeling. I think especially, you know, within sales, like that is your main goal. So if you're not doing that, it's kind of like you get. how do we get you there? Um, so yeah. Closing deals. There's nothing, there's nothing better. And especially a new business logo, new business deal. What it's is it that we've never worked with What before. is it about that? I
1: mean, it sounds like you just won a division one soccer game, like what you're talking about it. Like, I mean, <laughs> you don't own the company. What do you, what are, what is it about that, that lights you up?
0: Yeah. Um, I think just like adding to, adding a new logo to a company just widens your clientele. And I think seeing that clientele for me, build and build throughout the years where you have a bigger book of business you have more relationships i also love networking with new people um so i think it's so cool that like at the end of the day like you know if anything were to happen or if anything you know you know anything hit the fan and you needed you know x y and z i think there's probably about 15 to 20 like C-suite level executives I could reach out to and be like, I need help. Like I need some mentorship. Like this is where I could use support. And like how many, you know, professions or like, you know, industries can you be in where it's like, I'm 26 years old. I'm young. Like I could just call up a CEO of, you know, a client that I brought in a few years ago that I have a really good relationship with and be like, Hey Steve, like what's going on? Like, let's chat. Mm. Like, that's awesome.
1: So cool. Mm. What's been the hardest part for you?
0: Um I think the hardest part has been this year in general. Um, I think I work in a recruitment company where I look to sell salespeople to tech companies, you know, logistics companies. Whoever's looking to hire salespeople, I'm looking to target. And I think in today's market where, you know, we're coming off of COVID. Um, you know, people are trying to build back up their teams, but then the market kind of crashed and it's like, people are letting people go again. It's like, how do you literally sell people to people who are letting their teams go? And that can be really difficult. So, you know, I think even though this year was the hardest, I learned the most, um, developed the most, I was able to, Start obviously sharing my experiences like on TikTok, which is pretty cool. Also, like I'm a senior business development manager, so technically, you know, on paper at any other company, I wouldn't be making cold calls, but I had to this year. Um, you know, we all had to, we all had to grind it out. We've been grinding it out for 10 months, and I wouldn't change a thing because, like, obviously. Um, you know, being able to share these experiences have been not only helping myself realize that there's a lot of people going through this in this role, but like, there's a lot of people out there that will help and support you and guide you not only on my team, but on other teams on our clients teams on everyone reaching out on social media. And like, also looking at your posts too. like whenever you post about cold calling cold calling is not dead. Like, honestly, it's just spruced my skills. And I've learned so much this year, even though it's been the hardest year. Um, however, I just hope to obviously go up from
1: here. So, yeah, I've watched a lot of your cold call videos. They are informative and entertaining, which is what you want to see um, on TikTok. When you are selling salespeople to companies Mm -hmm. that are getting rid of salespeople, or even they're hiring salespeople, I would imagine that they are all solving the problem today somehow. Like they either have a recruiter or they're using like monster... And so I would imagine when you call them and you smell or sound like a recruiter, um, Mm -hmm. oftentimes I would imagine that's going to result in a lot of resistance. Um, How do you go about thinking about the cold call? Before we get into like what you say and how you sound, back up a little bit and talk about how you think about being meaningfully different than perhaps what they are doing today to solve the problem.
0: Yeah, so I think the first Thing that i always typically say especially in a year like this is like i'm not trying to sell you anything right now um i think it's more of trying to get a meeting in order to like understand where they are as a business and like what their goals and priorities are that way when the timing is right like they know kind of what pareto offers and how we could potentially support them in the future um i think a big thing that we've been doing lately too is like with a lot of our account management accounts that have either gone cold or maybe are dormant, like breaking into those and saying, hey, listen, like not reaching out for recruitment. Um, You know, also a big part of our business is being a sales training organization. So like, how's your current team doing? You know, what kind of training do you guys currently have in place? Like, how confident are you that that training is benefiting your team and upskilling your team? Because you know a huge part of what we offer is sales training and building out training to help support and upskill your team. So I think although I sit on the BDR and SDR hiring side of our business, I've also learned how to cross-sell other opportunities that we offer um, and being able to sell not only one part of our business but multiple different parts of our business. But I think it's ultimately coming across in a way that you're, you know, you want to listen to what they're going through um, and not assume that you're going to sell anything, especially on that cold call. Cause obviously as we know, you're not trying to sell anything on a cold call. You're trying to sell the meeting, Mm -hmm. but even on the meeting, going in and saying like, listen, like I know I'm not going to sell you anything right now, but here's kind of what, you know, I'd like to achieve from this call. And I think a lot of, sales leaders have been really appreciative towards that language because they're like, okay, like, let's actually have a canon conversation. You know, I, I trust that she's not going to sell me anything right now. Like, you know, maybe this can be something that I'm interested in the future. And I think it's all about building trust to begin with. Um, So it's kind of changing your approach, which I think probably not a lot of people will see on my TikTok because it's definitely more of like the salesy, cold calling, you know. But there's just so much more that goes into, hey, it's our from Brando. Like, you know, are you available at two o'clock? You know, there's so much more that goes into it and preparation that people don't see. Um, But hopefully I'm able to share that as time goes on.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's get into this a little bit more because I'm so curious about your take. Let's stay on the recruiting side for a second, maybe we'll go on the training side. So I would imagine, if you're selling recruiting, specifically salespeople, that no matter who you call, they're solving this problem somehow today. Uh, They're probably using like Indeed or Monster, maybe they have some people internally in HR, perhaps they're working with a recruiter. So I'd love to get your take on what is the problem with the current way? Uh, Because I mean, you, you know, if there's no problem with the current way, and you're another recruiter, basically, what we're saying when we cold call is, let me sell you a solution that you already have. So from yeah. a Pareto perspective, what is different? Like, what what's the problem with using a traditional recruiter, or with using like Indeed, I would love to just hear your thought process on that, because I would imagine that informs your talk track.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite question. I could go on for this forever. So please stop me because I'll talk forever. But um. So we're we're definitely a little bit different than a typical recruit, recruiter and I'm sure everyone will say that in a pitch going into a cold call. Sarah, everybody
1: says that. Everybody says that.
0: Everyone says that. Everyone says that. And that's why I put it out there. Everyone says that. However, um, so, you know, first and foremost, when people say, oh, we have it covered, you know, we have an internal team or we use X and Y agency to find candidates, I'll always just say, It's kind of similar to like your video the other day. Like, how's it going? Like, what are you experiencing? How's the quality that you're finding? You know, how many, you know, what's the volume looking like? Because sometimes people will sign up with these agencies and they don't see candidates for a few weeks. And it's kind of like passing along a resume for as a recruiter and hoping one sticks with your client. Um, So how we do it here at Pareto, um, this is the exact model that I came through and how Pareto found me. So we run what we call our sales assessment days. Um, Some people have heard of sales assessment days before, but for the most part, they haven't. Really big in the UK, um, we're pretty good branded wise in the UK, like a lot of, you know, salespeople have come through Pareto. So they know who we are. But obviously, in the US, it's way bigger market and we just started. So, um, you know, we obviously have to get our name out there somehow. So basically at these sales assessment days, we'll invite about 20 different candidates that have gone through four interview stages with us that are all tailored towards sales. And to be quite honest with you, within those interviews, if you have, you know, yet to tell us like in three to five years, I want to be, you know, an account executive, I want to be a sales leader, I want to be, you know, a team lead, then we'll probably reject you on the spot. Because I think, You know, we both know that sales is not for everybody and everyone can interview great on, you know, a resume, paper, first interview, but you'll never really know if someone's going to be successful within sales unless like you really test the waters for the first 90 days. So we're kind of trying to take that away and, you know, really assess for core competencies on these assessment days prior to placing them with our clients to make sure that, you know we believe that they have these core competencies, and we believe they have the potential to be successful within sales.
1: okay, so let me let me just so, let me just uh, unwind this a little bit. so i want to I want to talk about sure. the I want to go back a second and talk about the problem before we pivot. Sure. but I think I did hear the problem in your answer, which is if I'm using a traditional recruiter and yeah. I am send and I'm getting resumes and cover letters, I may have people that interview really well and their resumes yeah, look amazing, are. but what ends yep. up happening sometimes is you hire them and they get on the job, and they don't do the job really well, even though they hired, even though they interviewed really well, because you can't really yeah. know how someone's going to do unless you actually see them, you know, do the job. Um, so what exactly. you do is you sort of remove that risk because you've actually watched them work, and you've seen them achieve certain types of milestones or competencies that stacks the odds in the employer's favor that you're actually going to hire someone that's going to work out. Um, if someone hires someone that doesn't work out. I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a pretty expensive problem.
0: It's so expensive. And I think a lot of companies don't realize how expensive it is until sometimes they come to us and we literally sit down and walk through how much money they've spent on people that haven't worked out. And that's when they're like, oh my God, like I had no idea. And I think retention in an SDR, BDR role is like, it's insane. It's through the roof. So how can we find you people that are not only going to kill it from day one, but stay with you and eventually become your top senior talent in the, in, in the company too? Because I think growing your own at that SCR level is gold because you're going to be able to mold them into the perfect candidate that you want them to be in three to five years from now, and then be able to mentor the people that come in after them. So that really exactly what you mentioned is the problem. Okay. Um, it's just, and we don't resume screen. So when people come to these assessment days and they've already gone through four stages with us, we haven't yet to see their resume. So it's purely based on personality, characteristics that they've shown us, and core competencies that we're assessing on.
1: What's these four things, meaning these these are trainings they've gone through? Or when you say the four stages, what what is that? what is that four stages?
0: Yeah, so it's pretty simple. So first is a screening call. I mean, as a lot of people hearing this will know, like, you know, there's only a few short seconds that, you know, if someone's going to move forward from a screening call. So it's pretty generic. Um, The second interview is more formal, maybe questioning around a little bit about their background, maybe what they did in school, just kind of getting more of a feel of, you know, who they are as a person. And that is where we'll ask the question is like, where do you see yourself in three to five years, hoping that they're going to say in sales with the business that you place me with, because I want to grow a career at a business. Um, The next two stages are pretty brief. They're just honestly confirmation calls testing their commitment to coming to our assessment day, which we run every single Wednesday globally. However, in the U.S., we run them on Wednesdays as well. Um, And they run from about like 12 p.m. Eastern time to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, And I'll walk you kind of through what that looks like now. But the beauty of it is that a lot of our potential clients that want to see this day or our clients that have been coming back to us for years and years and years, maybe have worked with us in the UK, they could actually come to this assessment day and see 20 candidates at once. Go through a series of sales exercises get to know them as people understand how they work in a team understand how they work individually and then there's kind of a part of the day where it's kind of their time to shine where they can actually have a three-minute elevator pitch where they sell themselves and say this is why i want a career in sales Um, And these clients are able to come and actually like handpick people that they think would be an amazing fit for their business. And they would then go through their interview process after if they're picked from one of our clients, Um, which is pretty awesome because it's kind of like a try before you buy, if you will, Mm. because you get to kind of see this talent that comes to these days that we've recruited for. Um, You get to see, you know, maybe, you know, first of all, the, the beginning part of our day is definitely tailored towards extroverts. And the second part of the day is definitely tailored towards your introverts. So, you know, it's interesting to see like, who is maybe that more of that active listener in the beginning parts of the exercises. And then who just absolutely kills their three minute pitch. Cause it was a one-on-one time with, you know, maybe myself and them. Um, so it's pretty awesome to kind of be able to test out these personalities. And also I think sales too, is it's culture is a huge thing too. So it's like, who do I currently have on my team and maybe who at these days would be a great addition. Maybe we need someone who's going to come in, rock the boat, be super energetic, or maybe I have a bit of a quieter team. So maybe I need someone, someone, a little bit more reserved, but still hungry enough to go after and, you know, cold call and things like that. And we actually have a cold calling role play exercise on this assessment day. Um, So it's pretty cool to see who has the confidence to step up to the plate, give it a go. Definitely won't find perfection in this exercise, but, you know, a lot of them won't have the experience, but some do. Um, But it's just an awesome way to be able to assess people for who they are. Um, and you know, instead of just looking at a piece of paper, which we will do at the very end, I, however, I, I may it's not until the very end that we'll look at them.
1: I may show up for one of these and just see how I do on this. You I'm really should. You I'm honestly, I'm gonna come in there and see what I could land and maybe get a good gig. So, wait, so this is interesting. So, you
0: seriously should. Do you have any like,
1: are there any stats on the number of salespeople that don't work out? Like, so for instance, you know, I will use traditional methods like monster or Indeed or a recruiter or my department, I'll bring on these salespeople. And, you know, can you say something like, hey, 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 we know that, you know, three out of six salespeople don't make it past two or three months um, in the organization. How are you going about mitigating the risk of hiring salespeople that interview really well, but that can't do the job? And then I call, you know, say, shut the front door. Like, can you say something like that on a cold call without like in an unbiased way using sort of third party credible information not spinning it yeah but is there some stats around that
0: absolutely so um for i i'll i'll tell you the pareto specific stats so you know the first off the question that you just said like a a, a question to ask a prospect on a cold call asking them about retention really kind of puts them in the hot seat because they're like most of them are like our attention's bad Like we have a higher attrition rate and it's the, you know, but they'll say, I'm not shocked. The SDR, BDR role is the highest attrition, you know, in any company. And I'd probably come in and say, well, we have a 93% retention rate with SDRs and BDRs after year one and an 87% retention rate after year two. I was just speaking with a client down in Austin, Texas. Um, We placed, we ran an assessment day specifically for their business. So anyone that's looking to hire a team of four or more, we'll just run the day specifically for you. It's completely, completely marketed towards that business towards that company. And the benefit is that they get to hire their entire team on one day, which is really exciting because you know they all start together, they onboard together, they train together, they already know each other, creating that culture. So they came to, we, we hired, we did an assessment day for them last year in June in Texas and Austin, and they came for, wanted eight uh, BDRs. They took 10, all 10 of them are still there as of literally yesterday, I just met with the client. Uh, so 14 month, 100% retention rate. And all 10 of them have been offered promotions and have turned them down because they are obsessed with their team and they're making so much money as SDRs. They've also added like $1.3 million in the pipeline the last three weeks. So they're killing it. And that's exactly something that I honestly probably would rip on a cold call because who wouldn't want to hear that? It's picture perfect. It's unheard of in an SDR, BDR position. But I think one thing that I think we were going to touch on, but... You know, when we place SDRs and BDRs into companies like this, we'll then train them for the first 12 to 18 months in their role to ensure their success, to make sure that you're protecting your investment in the people that you've, that you've obviously paid for. Um, and it's not to take place of any sales enablement or training that you guys or any company is currently doing because, hey, you guys know your company best. Um, you know, I'm not a cybersecurity girl. I'll never be able to sell probably cyber anytime soon. Um, But it's more so training people on the soft skills needed to be successful in sales. And I think that's some of the things that I try to share on my TikTok too. It's just like, you know, how to get through to decision makers, how how to cold call, how to deal with different personality styles. And those are all really small things that you don't really think about, but you do really need to be successful in a sales role. It's world. kind
1: of interesting because the cold call, you are kind of selling your output, like right, it's sort of like very meta, like you're selling BDRs and SDRs and you're an SDR calling for your company. And you've got to have the skills because you're actually demonstrating what you're trying to sell. So that's a good segue You've done a a masterful job of identifying the problem and why you're different. Before we get into the actual talk track and do a little role play, so many sales development reps that I talk to have a hard time with that. They they can't wrap their head around the problem, how people are currently doing it, and what's meaningfully different about what they're offering. Sometimes it sounds very generic. How did you get good at that? What, What did you do to really understand and get so immersed in The before version and the after version, what was your, what was your process?
0: Yeah, sorry. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to repeat that slightly. So like, what was the before and after process of like being fairly generic to like getting more personable, would you say? No. How
1: did you get to learn about your ICP so well? Like you have a a very good understanding of the people you're reaching out to the problems they might be having and what could change for the better afterwards. What was your process for understanding your ideal customers?
0: Yeah, I think in the beginning, it was a lot of trial and error. Um, I would book a meeting. I was an SDR three, three years ago, and now I'm one of the managers. But, um, you know, I still obviously love doing all of the SDR work. Um, but um, it was a lot of trial and error. I would be so excited that I would booked a meeting and then I'd go in the meeting and I was like, Oh, my God, this was terrible. I'm so embarrassed that I booked this for my AE. This is so unqualified. Like, oh, my God. And it takes a lot of trial and error to realize what a good meeting looks like until like, you know, you close a deal and you understand that you're meeting the right decision maker, which is huge. Um, and you know, you're, you're right where you're supposed to be when it comes to obviously solving a challenge and or a need for a client. Um, so, We also, I mean, I I joke and I say, like, I go to Pareto University, like the amount of training I've had here is like insane. And I'm always constantly learning. And I've taken a lot of our training courses. There's so many that I haven't even taken yet. Um, However, um, I think it's just a lot of trial and error. And doing that for three years now, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have a good I have a good understanding of who our ICP is and who's going to buy. And if they're not going to buy, when is the right time that they're going to buy? When's the right time to reach back out to them? Um, I would just say trial and error.
1: I love that you said that. So many people are so consumed with consuming information on TikTok or LinkedIn or podcast, and they leave little time for actually doing, they're waiting for the answer and I love your answer, which is you like, it's, it's it. 90% trying stuff and maybe 10% getting some information, it but it, maybe it's, maybe it's 95%. You just sort of figure it out as you start yeah. to call. So, all right, let's see how this plays out. I've watched a lot of your videos. I'm looking forward to this. You Got a good setup here. I'm going to be one of I'm your ideal <laughs> prospects and we may go in and out of role play maybe to try to break okay. this down, but give me a sense of who you might really want to talk to. In a company, like a, okay. a title of a person, who might that be?
0: Yeah, let's say you are Josh Braun, a CEO of a cybersecurity company. Um, guys are looking to grow the BDR team. I only know that because you've posted on LinkedIn. However, you're connected with one of my good friends. So, figured I'd potentially use that as a hook to get in and see where it goes. Sarah, I've
1: always wanted to be the CEO of a cybersecurity company ever since I was like a little oh boy. So this is a dream come true for me. This <laughs> is fantastic. Perfect. This is great. All right. So I'm going to pick up the phone. and Let's see how this goes. Uh, hi, this is Josh. Hey, Josh. It's,
0: it's Sarah from Credo. How are you?
1: Good, Sarah. How you doing?
0: I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, The reason I was reaching out, Josh, is actually back um, off the referral um, from my friend Max Ross, who recommended I reach out to you. As he said, you might be looking to grow... uh, You said you might be looking to grow your BDR team. And um, yeah, I figured I'd reach out as I saw that you were looking to grow the BDR team in New York City. Have you heard of Pareto before out of curiosity?
1: All right, out of role play for a second. So in my opinion, this is the strongest cool way to start a cold <laughs> call. forget forget the roughness of it the idea let's talk about the intent and not the you know execution for a second. So the idea of referencing somebody that the prospect yes. knows is going to start way more conversations because there's instant you know trust and credibility there. What happens if you don't have that? Is there sort of another track that you use? Let's just hear how that might go without that just to see by comparison and for you guys yeah. uh, you you'll see the difference immediately. All right, so um, you will. hi, this is uh, Josh with Cybersecurity Inc.
0: Hey, Josh, it's Sarah from Pareto. Um, not gonna lie, this is a Friday afternoon cold call. Hopefully, I caught you at a good time uh, before you leave in the office. How are you?
1: Good, Sarah. How you doing?
0: I'm good. Um, do you have thirty seconds to speak, Josh? I probably I definitely won't waste your time.
1: Thirty seconds. Okay. Uh, you, you got it. You
0: got it. You got it. You got it. I'm t- timing it now. Okay. Timing it now. So, Josh, I'm reaching off um, the back of the work that we've done with some companies in your space, such as Absolute Software, Expel, Mimecast, basically build and help develop the sales organization. Have you heard of Pareto before? I have not. So, basically, Josh, here at Pareto, we're a global sales performance organization, and we really help clients in three main ways. First is hiring rock BDR talent, which I noticed you were looking to grow the team in New York, hence why I reached out. Um, second, we do executive hiring anywhere from your account executive all the way to a VP of sales. And last but not least, we're a fully fledged sales training organization. So whether that's upscaling your current team, Josh, and or training some people that we place. It's kind of two ends of the spectrum there. It'd be super, super ignorant of me to say no exactly how to support your business just this second. But I was definitely curious to see if I could get 40 minutes of your time on Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern time to discuss a little bit further about your goals and priorities for growing out that team. Uh, it was 28 seconds, so hopefully I made it under the 30. Um, but what are your thoughts?
1: So, you know, we, we have a recruiter that we use for to fill those positions today.
0: Awesome. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, definitely not trying to change anything that you guys are currently doing. And, you know, there's definitely a ton of clients that we work with that either have their own internal teams and are working with other agencies. Um, You know, uh, you know, the reason why people double it up and work with Pareto so that you can, you know, benchmark the best talent, not only that you're finding from us, but. You know, maybe that you're finding from that other agency, but at the end of the day, I want to be able to present to you, um, you know, great talent that you're able to benchmark and ultimately hire the best people that would be a best fit for your team.
1: That sounds uh, interesting. Can you send me some information?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I can definitely send you over an email, Josh. However, it would be fairly generic. Um, you know, would definitely be keen to get some, you know, time on Monday afternoon, um, for 40 minutes at two o'clock. And I can definitely go over that information with you. That way, if you have any questions, I can answer it for you right then and there.
1: All right, sir, let's do it.
0: <laughs> you, you got it. <laughs> so, how do,
1: so how does that, so thank you for that. Uh, so how does that approach normally go? for you when you do that like just like gut I know I don't want to talk about stats but like hey Josh like you know 20% of the time 30% of the time it's it's maybe it doesn't book a meeting but it's a positive conversation I mean it is a cold call it is tough sledding yeah. at the end of the day so what's your kind of gut there's so many ways to cold call there's no shortage of like different approaches
0: there's no
1: right or no, wrong no right or wrong this is all just uh, you know opinion and what feels good for you but how did, how's that been going for you generally it's like gosh, like eight out of 10 times these conversations are really positive or like maybe one or two, like talk a little bit about yeah. how, how it's been going with that.
0: Sure. So I could give you a, like some stats. So for every 32 calls I've been making within the last three or four weeks, so I'd say like a month, I'll typically get one pickup. I need about three pickups to book one meeting. So if I speak to three people, very similarly to how we just kind of did a role play chances are i will book one of those meetings so i'll probably have to make this is where my math gets really bad about 90 calls to have three pickups to eventually book one meeting um but that's how it's been across the last month and august was a little bit slow because i call into sales leaders and sales can be a little bit slow in August. A lot of people are away, sales leaders, CEOs, things like that. But I think the beauty of having my ICP being C-suite level executives, and for the most part, I love calling senior VPs of sales or global sales, whatever that looks like. I know that they have a team underneath them that is doing exactly what I'm doing. So when I get a really good sales leader on the phone, they'll really respect it. They'll listen to me and they'll be like, wow, like that was actually really good. Um, And sometimes I'll be like, Oh, was it like, what was good about it? And I'll ask them for feedback on the cold call, which honestly I highly suggest everyone doing that. Cause if they're already giving you the time of day, why not ask how your pitch was? Cause the best possible thing you could do is get feedback from senior leaders. Um, and they will respect that question and they'll hundred percent answer it for you. Um, so I think people just have to remember that it's like, if you get the right person on the phone, they're absolutely going to respect it. And they'll probably give you some praise on the phone too. Uh, too. And they'll probably, they might give you a meeting. Um, they want their team doing the same exact thing. So why wouldn't they take that meeting?
1: And you know, two, two of my favorite words, when someone says you did a good job on that cold call, my two favorite words is how so
0: like, or, yeah. or
1: in what way I love that. So you're converting about yeah, 30, like 30, 30 33%. Um, have you, yeah. have you heard of phone ready leads?
0: No, should I have,
1: <laughs> I don't know. So you know how you're making, so you know leads. how you're making about 35 calls? and you're getting yes. like one connect, maybe you make 50 calls, yes. maybe you get one or two connects with phone yes. ready leads, you make the same mm-hmm. 50 calls.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But instead of getting one or two conversations, you get between 10 and 15. No. Without adding any new technology, or without signing any contracts at all.
0: I got it. I got to know more. Keep Would going. you want to book
1: some time <laughs> to learn? See, I just cold called Sarah. This is a, this is how I would cold I just, did it without right, me. just no, didn't. You? See, I'm so stealth. I'm like, how'd you do that? So, I didn't <laughs> <to> do that. <laughs> so this is so right. So so this is a this is a service uh, that I use a lot for my clients. And if you're, con- I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. But if you're converting at thirty, yeah. if you're converting at thirty percent, then all you need is more connects. It's a phenomenal yeah. tool. So it's called Phone Ready Leads, and what they do is you give them your list. And they know, because they call the list in advance, doing some research, the people that are most likely to pick up the phone. And then they give you those numbers back. So instead of calling numbers that don't pick up, you're calling numbers that are wrong numbers or wrong numbers. It takes it out. I saw your video on on Zoom. You're only calling people that are probably going to pick up and it works really well. I've used it a bunch of times for getting connects. Now, it doesn't help you once you get a connect, obviously, um, but it does help you with the connect so i can make an introduction i don't make any money off of this i'm not affiliated but i've used ryan for my clients and i think this would be like if your biggest problem is i got to get more connects and if i can get people on the phone and you've defined you you have your list and you have a good talk track this might help you um in that way so i can i I can make an introduction if you'd like
0: are we in a role player or is this a real thing this is no this is a real thing
1: this is a real thing (laughs) (laughs) perfect make
0: the intro all right i i need more connect okay
1: so now i'm gonna i'm gonna try something and i want you to critique me because i love to learn from people like you who have been in this you know business for a while i'm gonna call on behalf of your company you're now going to be the ceo of a cybersecurity company and i'm gonna try my approach and then we're gonna get out of role play and you might say josh you know here's one thing I liked, or here's one thing that I don't think you did really well. And be brutally honest, okay. be Simon Cowell. I can take it. Um, so uh, Okay.
0: Do but... you, you want the accent too? <laughs>
1: <laughs> whatever you feel uh, Whatever you feel comfortable doing. All right. So uh, All we'll, right. You'll, you'll, you'll pick it. up.
0: Sure. Hi, this is Sarah.
1: Hey, Sarah, you are probably going to hate me. Uh, this is a cold call. Would you like to hang up or roll the dice? Are you feeling lucky today or, or not really?
0: Not really, but Hey, you know, maybe, maybe my luck. All
1: right. I will try to, I will try to do that. So when you are trying to fill the sales positions that I noticed you are looking to fill in the Austin area, are you guys using like recruiters indeed or your HR department?
0: Yeah. We have an internal team.
1: How's that been going for you guys? Really good. Really good. Like you're placing like every position and they're sticking around for a while.
0: Yeah. Honestly, it's been really good. The quality's been really good. I've been interviewing some really good people.
1: Have you heard of Pareto? No. Okay, let's stop for a second. All right, so how was my start? Like, critique me, I, I'm, and we're gonna go. For, we're gonna go to part two in a second,
0: but we're gonna. I'm just gonna see. Like, <laughs> I love. Okay. Yeah, I love the intro. Okay. Um, my colleague Ben, shout out Ben. Um, he does a very similar intro where he's like listen, this is a sales call. You can, you know, Josh, you can hang up on me um, or you can, you can give me 30 seconds to speak. And it just, he does it way better than I do. I'm a little bit more pragmatic and he's more like empathetic and like sounds like a human being. I mean, so many people in my in my comment section, they're like, you sound so robotic. I do, I need to work on that. Um, but I loved your intro just now because you just sound like a human okay. and personable. So I really liked that.
1: Um so then I went into my first question which is basically I call how are you getting the job done today and I'm giving people yeah, like a multiple a choice question. question right so so from there good I'm going to go question. to this hey um do you have a way to predict that people that interview well are actually going to be the ones that are going to be selling well 12 months from now
0: um No, I actually, I don't, I don't think we do. I mean, that's definitely something difficult. You know, how can you, how can you tell?
1: That's what, that's how I would do it. So I'm, so our approach is different. So your approach is very much, uh, let me tell you what we do. You're kind of doing a lot of the talking. My approach is like I'm asking a question that is sort of related to the problem that you solve, and then I'm letting them sort of talk. And then once they say, well, I can't do that, then I'll say, well, with Pareto, uh, what we do in one sentence is we actually will pre-vet the candidates through a series of four stages and ensure yeah. they can actually do the job. You actually get to meet them. And then once they're hired, we actually make sure that they have the training and the coaching necessary. Typically on average, our candidates stick around for four to five years, or whatever that stat was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Generally speaking, does that sound interesting or not really? Like that, so I would save my pitch. Yeah. I would save my pitch to sort of the end where you kind of have it like front and loaded. Would love to just get your take on it. Maybe I can get a yeah. job. I don't know, I'll, look, I'm, I'm fishing guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seeing how the master, the feedback I would get here.
0: No, honestly, I love that. And that's how a lot of my colleagues approaches are and, like I said, this goes back to me being really pragmatic. And when I close right away after I tell them what I do, like the chances of them saying, yeah, two o'clock works is like slim to none. However, that's where I'll come in and be like, well, I'll have curiosity and start asking questions. I see exactly what you just asked. I see. But that's really interesting because you flipped it. Yes. And usually I'll have it flipped the other way. Yes. Um, and I don't share that on my TikTok, so I should do that. But, um, (laughs) no, that's really interesting because you're already immediately right off the bat, like, creating pain yes and that's exactly what you need to do yes um obviously at the end of the day but yeah it's interesting because i'll typically when they say no like i'm not meeting at 2 p.m and i'm like well out of curiosity you know blah 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 blah, like a question that you just right. asked like, what are your three main sales challenges that you're facing right now right and they'll be like driving top of funnel new business revenue and then i'm like well that's exactly why we should meet You know, we have, you know, worked with companies like X who have doubled their revenue in the first year alone doing our sales fundamentals course and training and blah, blah, blah. So it's interesting because you have it flipped, which I actually love. Like, I'm definitely going to try that. We'll test
1: it out on TikTok. We'll go head to head. We'll see. So that's the that's the great thing about our profession (laughs) is I love to talk to people that have different approaches to do things, because here's the other thing. Sarah's approach might feel good for you if you're listening to this. Well, obviously you're listening to this mm-hmm. if you're hearing my voice and this approach might feel good. It's very personal. Don't you think like so much of cold calling is find the words and the approach that sort of works for you. There is no like yeah. one right way. Anytime you're hearing someone say, this is the way I would be cautious. What's your take on that? I know you guys do sales training. Are there sort of mm-hmm. different ways? I go mean, what that even with soccer, even with working out, like one trainer is yeah. not even your coach. Like maybe these people like this coach and you like this coach. Yeah. They're both great coaches. What's your take on that?
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is no one way to do it. And I think we talked about this in the beginning of the call where it's like, um, you know, there's no right or wrong way to cold call because everyone at the end of the day ends up creating their own style. And I think they absolutely should because everyone's different. The way I sell is a very pragmatic approach. Not everyone is pragmatic. So when I'm dealing also with a client who isn't pragmatic and they're very bubbly and this and that, like I almost have to change my personality to be like, okay, like let's turn up the social notch. Like we got- You're not bubbly. You're
1: not bubbly. Here. You can be bubbly. It's not your <laughs> default.
0: <laughs> it's my, not my default. But, um, yeah, but, um, yeah, like there's, there's just no one way to do it. Everyone is so different. I'm sure there's so many people out there that are like, oh my God, I hate Sarah's approach. It's just too straightforward. Like doesn't build rapport, you know, this and that, but I can turn it on when I need to. (laughs) Um, but like you, Josh, like you're creating the pain right away. Like, I love that. And exactly what you said, like, that's what I love about this profession is being able to speak to so many different sales leaders, so many different people within sales in general and get ideas. Cause at the end of the day, a lot of us have very similar goals. It's the goal is to hit target and hit quota and book meetings. And how are you going to do that? And, you know, the person next to you could be absolutely killing it while you're working twice as hard and you're not hitting your numbers. So it's all about turning to that person to your right and saying, what are you doing that I'm not doing? Um, And learning from somebody else, whether it's in your organization, whether it's what we're doing right now, whether it's connecting on LinkedIn and just joining like a sales, you know, group and just bouncing ideas off of each other. Like that's the best thing that you can do as a salesperson. Fantastic.
1: Um, Last couple of things I want to talk about. What's been your experience on TikTok. Has it been generally positive, negative? Are you indifferent to it? you got about 25,000 followers. I think you've been at it for like about a seven, eight months or so.
0: Yeah. Like I've had, I started like doing, you know, you know, it in COVID, but I didn't take it seriously until like the last six months. Um, I don't know what I'm doing to be honest with you, but I'm having fun with it in the meantime. And I think it's really, really awesome to see the sales community that there is. Cause to be honest, like of course we see what's going on with LinkedIn. Like I love following, you know, influencers like you who speak about like the realities of being in sales, but I didn't know that there was just so many people out there. Like, I mean, obviously there's so many people out there working in sales, but like, there's so many feelings and actions and like relationships that go into it. So I think a lot of people have been responding quite well in regards to like, wow, like you've been sharing a lot of tips that have worked with like worked for me. I get like 20 DMs a day and they're like I booked my first meeting and I this is how I did it and I used tips from this video that you shared and I'm like, wow, like this is really helping a lot of people, which I love cuz I didn't think I could kind of have that, you know, pl- I say platform but like I feel like, you know, it's it's not there yet. Like I definitely still, you know, want to get you know bigger to help a lot of more people feel validated that they're doing the right thing and you know they're feeling like they're bringing value to their job but there's definitely a lot of negative people that are like you know sarah that you sound like a robot you're definitely not a good seller you know how are you an sdr for four years i'm like i'm not i just like doing stuff i you know i'm a bdr manager but here we are grinding it out but You know, you take the highs with the lows and so far, like so good. I definitely have all positive things to say. And I think that's how that led us here, which is awesome. Um, So it's definitely been opening a few doors recently that I never thought were possible. So I have nothing but really positive things. The
1: negativity, and I've talked to some other people on the platform, sometimes can be very harsh. Um, How have you dealt with that?
0: Yeah. Um, I remember there was a video that I posted probably when I first started and it was like a cold calling video and like people just bashed it. They were like, you don't make any money. Like you're not good at what you do. There's no way, even if you make commission that you even make it because you're not good and you sound horrible on the phone and you sound so salesy and this and that. And I was like, Oh, wait, like, I do. I like, I feel like I was doing pretty good up until this point. So um, it, I, I think it's hard. It's hard to say, because I, I think that's something that I'm going through, like, as we speak, because like I am starting to get a lot of negativity, um, because I have more followers. And I think that's obviously natural with, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinion. So I think I'm still trying to navigate how to deal with it. But for the most part, I feel like I'm a pretty positive person and I could put things behind me and just move on and know that, you know, all the DMS that do come through that say, Hey, like you really helped me today. Like that validates that I want to keep going and sharing my journey and hopefully it helps others, you know, be really successful in theirs.
1: Well, let me tell you, share something that's helped me um, with this and maybe it helps you as well. And this is something that my mentor uh, taught me many years ago, cause I was having some issues with this as well. It was really messing me up. Um, so imagine this actually happened. I was I think three or four months ago. I was at the dog park with my little Cavapoo. And this guy steps in dog poop, like in the dog park, and he loses oh. his mind. He is screaming at the top of his lungs, who mm-hmm. the F's dog is this? that left the poop <laughs> in the grass. Because that's what you say when you don't expect there to be poop in a dog park. Yeah, the right. nature of a dog, <laughs> the nature of a dog park is there's going to be poop there. So if you go in not expecting it, you're going to be disappointed because the reality of a dog park is poop. But if you go to a dog park expecting dark dogs to bark and expecting some owners not to pick up the poop because maybe they didn't see it, you're not going to be disappointed. Now, it's the same thing with sales. One out of 10, one out of 15, dogs will bark. And that is the nature of people on these platforms But most people don't bark. And what we do here is the muscle to work is to move in harmony with the nature of the dog park. Everything has a nature to it. A family-friendly restaurant, if you're going to go there with your fiance, expecting there to be a romantic, quiet dinner, you're going to be disappointed because (laughs) the nature of a family restaurant is loud kids screaming around and parents not controlling them, right? So the nature of people, so you just let reality be reality and you just take it and you just observe it. And you just look at it and you just let it be. And it just sort of washes over you like a wave when you start to get good at this muscle versus what I used to do, yeah. which is I could have done nine things, nine compliments or whatever, nice things. Mm-hmm. But that one thing, like, God, my is my hair that really is, do I look like, oh, they, they, were, they were talking about my scruff or something. I'm like, do I look like a bum? Yeah. It was some physical thing or whatever, like. I'm like, God, maybe I should, I was talking to my wife, should I shave? Like, it was messing me up. She's like, you don't even know this rando. Like, do what you want to do. Like it, but, you, I know. but But this muscle is like, okay, you just watch it and it just sort of goes. So maybe that helps right. you, this, this sort of just idea of just like tuning out what you don't control and just accepting the reality of the thing.
0: Yeah. It's actually really funny you said that because it just reminded me that I got a comment the other day and it was like, geez, do you ever do your hair? And I was like, oh no i don't honestly
1: <laughs> people I are don't just the word, just the word come to my wedding oh my maybe God, i'll do it maybe like, i'll do it at my wedding maybe but you're yeah. not invited you're not invited
0: yeah, and I'm not gonna be the one doing it right. So I have a lot of hair and I don't have that much time in the morning. I'm getting up and I'm going and still in a bun right now, is me and Josh are speaking right now. So Good
1: for you. Whatever. Sarah, you you are a pleasure speaking to I'm so glad I got to meet you. Do you have anything you wanna plug either for your own personal brand? Are you selling anything? You wanna plug your company? Now is the time.
0: Um, I think to any sales leaders that are watching this, if you need some killer salespeople for your team, I got you covered to any SCRs or BDRs watching this or just junior sales talent in general, um, keep grinding it out. It is probably, I've talked to CEOs that have said that this is the hardest role in any business. Um, it is a grind and you are valued and you're doing a great job and, um, just just keep on keeping on. And, you know, it's hard. There's going to be highs and lows, but the highs are awesome. So just wait till you get there.
1: And how do people find you? They can find you on TikTok. Uh, what's your handle?
0: Oh, yeah. It's SPLOW. And I think it's S-P-L-O-W-W, but I'm actually checking as we speak because I'm not 100% sure. It is S-P-L-O-W-W.
1: Follow, I don't know
0: why I decided that, but...
1: Follow Sarah on TikTok. She's entertaining. She's so like vulnerable. And like, <laughs> you see like the raw emotions and it's a, it's a hoot. So Sarah, thank you so much. Gosh, for the- I have to tell you one more yes, thing. Yes, yes. tell you one more yes.
0: thing. Yes. So full circle moment. So three years ago when I started as an SDR, you posted on LinkedIn being like, any SDR is out there, like, give me a call. I have 30 minutes. Like, I'll take your cold calls. And I called you and you you ripped me apart <laughs> and i'm like josh promised me this podcast i'm a little scared <laughs> but i wanted to say thank you because all the pointers that you gave me were extremely valuable and even though it's this little baby fcr i wouldn't be where i am right now without a lot of those pointers and tips and who knows giving you a call as well so um i don't even you probably don't even remember that but I'll take it to the grave because I remember it pretty well. <laughs> it was pretty funny.
1: Do you still have PTSD? Are you okay? Are you, go- do you have to go th- through no, therapy? Good. You're good.
0: I'm good. That was like the best thing that could have happened to me right when I started. I was like, it can only go up from here. Let's go. I got some feedback. Let's go. Let's do this thing. So thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a full circle moment indeed. I, I'm glad that you, full
0: circle moment. you
1: took it and you're like, you know what? I liked it. So have you? All, I liked
0: it. Is that how you?
1: like does that come back to your sports days a little bit like i would imagine in sports when you were playing division one soccer you get a lot of like that kind of energy and for most people they would have been like shell shocked me personally i didn't play sports if someone treated me like i treated you i would be crawling under a rock and i'd be hiding (laughs) for like five years like you know like that like oz when you open the curtain it's this little guy pulling the thing but is that is that sort of like because of your your sports and your soccer, is that sort of how you're wired? Which is like, okay, I maybe respect this person; he's a coach, and yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can do. It. Versus what someone else might do, which is like cowl.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. It would definitely relate to my entire athletic career. Also, I just recently spoke about this in my last TikTok, but um, I grew up where um, my mom is a CEO of a pretty large company. So the way she you know, speaks to me and the standards that she holds me to are very similar to ones that she holds a lot of people to in the office, but it's been an amazing and incredible experience of being in the professional world and having a mentor like her as well in my life that can just tell me straight as it is. If people think I'm pragmatic, she's the most pragmatic and straightforward, honest person you can you know, ever brutally speak to. Um, but I I owe a lot to her as well.
1: Let's just, I just wanna spend a little bit of time on this. Your mom, um, yeah. give me an example of something that she might say to you that would be very pragmatic and direct.
0: Oh my God, I don't think I could say it on here. <laughs> Like, she's, she's, she's brutal. Like, she's, she's the, she's my best friend. She's the most loving and caring mom, biggest soccer supporter, even though she hated soccer, hated it. Like, the day I graduated, she was like, God bless, I'm done. But I think she just says it how it is. Like, if, like, for example, she called me the other day, she's like, I saw your TikTok. You're not making enough cold calls. Like, what the are you doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we going to do about this? Like, get back on the phone. Like, did you close a deal today? Well, get back on the phone. I'm like, mom, like, you don't even know what I sell. (laughs) Like, you don't know what I'm doing. Like, she works for, like, she owns a collection agency. So it's a very different type of business. So I've actually, when I interned there when I was a kid, I was on a dialer system. So like, that's, I mean, you're cold calling. I'm not selling anything, but I'm telling people that they owe tons of money and they're just not expecting my call. And I was like 18, 19, you know? So that really put a lot of, a lot of my confidence into this role because it kind of made it a little bit easier if I'm being honest with you. But she always pushes me to the absolute limit and I can't thank her enough.
1: So So when, so when, when, so I, so she's a raging ball. I don't know your mom. Hopefully, hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Cause I don't want her calling me. I would be, she's
0: a bull in a China cat. How do
1: you deal with raging bulls? Like when your mom comes at you like that, do you just do, you, do you, <laughs> do you just sort of say thank you? Or do you sometimes be like, like how, what, what, what goes through your head sometimes on that?
0: I'm usually like, Oh, I don't want to hear it. Cause I already hear it from my boss. You know, like, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. Like I, I also tell people that too. I'm like, and then I realize I'm like, Oh God, I got to be a little bit more caring here. But um, she'll be like, I know you don't want to hear it, but you know, this is how you're going to be really successful. And you know, this is how you're going to close deals. And, you know, although she is pretty pragmatic and straightforward and say, says it how it is, she'll always end it. Like, I love you. You've got this. I support you. And whatever you decide to do, I'm, I'm with you. So that's, what's most important.
1: It sounds like she's always believed in you.
0: Always. Like no question. Like no question. F- yeah. From the from always the from the jump, from the jump. From the jump. Yeah. Like there's no question she's like my biggest supporter, always in my corner, always.
1: How how important was that in your success? I mean, this this belief in you that you could do like you could do anything.
0: I could do anything. Yeah. Um huge. Um I think, you know, especially since I chose to play soccer and that was my route and I knew how much she didn't like it mostly because she just didn't like seeing people get hurt she was like every time people would be like Sarah's on the field like Sarah's in the starting lineup and she was like oh like she's a little bit pissed about it because she didn't want to see me get hurt (laughs) like you know what I mean because she cared about me so much um but despite all that she'd be like I thought you played a great game, like, or she'd be the loudest one on the sideline. And, you know, all the soccer moms know a lot about soccer. And there she is screaming the loudest, like, kick it, kick it, like, kick it. Like, that's all you got? I'm like, just kick it. But hey, hey, like, I got to give her credit. She didn't know much about the game. But, you know, if you ask anyone, they're like, Diane Plowman, she's she's the woman to be. Like, I aspire to be like her. Like, a lot of people look up to her, which is awesome.
1: Sarah, you're the best. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time and talking to the old guy from Boca Raton. I appreciate you.
0: I'm jealous you're in Boca Raton, and Josh, it's it's been a pleasure as well. I can't thank you enough for inviting me on here, and I'm really excited to you know see what's next and stay in touch.
1: Sounds good. Have a great time, and congrats on your your next foray and getting married and all that good stuff. When's your when, thank when's you. your what? You have a date set yet or no?
0: Yeah, July thirteenth, twenty twenty four. So we're actually like ten months away, which is crazy. Have so
1: have so much fun. Congratulations, Sarah.
0: Thanks, Josh. Have a great day. Me too. Bye.